The Giants topped the Houston Texans 24-16. David Turner, former NFL scout, joins me to break it all down. Coming up next on the Locked on Giants podcast. You are Locked on Giants, your daily New York Giants podcast. Part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Today's episode of the Locked on Giants podcast is presented by Prize Picks. Prize Picks is daily fantasy made easy. Pick two to five players, and if they score more or less than their Prize Picks projection, you can win up to 10 times the amount of your money on your entry. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to a one up to $100 with the promo code locked on. That's prizepicks.com, promo code locked on. Hello, New York Giant fans, and welcome to the Locked On Giants podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast family, your team every day. Patricia Trainer here with you, and I'm joined, as always, by David Turner. And we've got a win to talk about today, a 24-16 win by the New York Giants over the Houston Texans. Not a very pretty win, but a win nonetheless, and we're going to talk about what went right, what went wrong, what changes we saw, all that good stuff. First off, David, welcome back from the bye. Hope you had a nice bye week. <laughs> I never get a week off, but it was fun. Um, <laughs> we had a good week with Halloween thrown in there and, you know, all that fun stuff. So good daddy duty times for me. There you go. I mean, we, I had a little bit of time off, not a whole lot, but let's just say not enough. So <laughs> I'll take whatever I can get. Um, all right. So David, we've got a win by the New York Giants coming out of the bye week against a Houston Texans team that came into the, to this game, the worst run defense in the NFL. The Giants ran wild, specifically Saquon Barkley ran wild. Saquon finishing with 35 carries, a career high, 152 yards, his 16th career 100-yard game. The 152 yards, I believe, is the fourth highest total in his uh, in his career. Basically, what went right for the Giants' run game that they could just put it all on Saquon and not have to worry about running Daniel Jones too much or any of the other guys that much? I think they were able to, again, stay inside their identity. And know who they are, and that's running the ball with Saquon, and he he held up. I mean, there was a couple hits in there where I was like, ooh, okay, he pounced up. Okay, here we go. Um, but, I mean, all in all, that's the identity of this team. And I love that they went with the extra beef, and they brought in the extra offensive linemen. They had eight in there at, some time, at one time. And, you know, it's like, hey, we're just going to out-physical you. We're going to come off the ball and come hitch in the mouth and go from there. You know, I, I like that kind of football. That's, I'm all about it. So. For me, you saw a very physical-minded offense today where they were not, not – there's one cute play, and then that was put into the books. Like, okay, we're not doing that anymore. So <laughs> the rest mm-hmm. of them, pretty standard offense, pretty standard defense. You know, I thought that they did self-scouting, but they also knew they didn't have to show too much to win this game. It got a little close at the end, I think closer than they liked, you know, at the end there, but – they were able to pull this win out, and it was a good team win. It really was. It was the defense contributed, the offense contributed. Saquon to run for, like you said, a career high 35 times, which is, is amazing. The young man's going to be in the ice bath for a little while. But 152 yards falls into what, you know, Houston's given up 
every every week. I mean, even King Henry is the only one that got a little bit more than that, but that 152 is right in line with what this Houston defense has given up each and every week. So I think, you know, for me, it was nice to see Daniel only threw 17 times. He had 13 for 17. Again, and two of them were drops by a certain somebody that I'm not going to mention by name. But if you care to mention him by name, feel free. Um, but they were outright drops. So if those two drops didn't happen, then he would have been 15 to 17. So, you know, it was a situation where I thought Daniel was very smooth, effective, um, ran a couple times when he needed to, but we stayed inside our identity, which was Saquon. Yeah, I don't think I'm going to mention the person's name. I, the only thing I will mention about the aforementioned guy who dropped two passes is I really thought he was going to come in and he had finally, you know, seen the light. But uh, just in listening to him post game, um, there's definitely some kind of disconnect with the coaching staff. That's the only thing I can I can conclude with that individual. And, you know, really disappointed because, you know, Daniel basically had to do it with you know, Darius Slayton, who caught three or four passes for 95 yards, including that big 54-yarder for a touchdown. Uh, Tanner Hudson, Isaiah Hodgins, who they picked up just this week, as a matter of fact. He, he caught two balls, 41 yards. Lawrence Cager, another tight end. Barkley had one catch. Uh, Chris Myrick did, had one target, no catch. So really, you know, you're not talking guys that are world beaters on this list, but um, when they did throw the ball, they they were they were pretty good, except for that one individual who, again, I don't know what's up with him. Um, it, it's almost like every time you ask him about his game, he talks, you know, I'm not doing it for the coaches. I'm doing it for my teammates and myself. Almost like he, he's not not enamored with the coaching staff. That's that's the impression I get with him. But uh, well, you know, I've been in this business over 20 years, and it doesn't matter. If you if you like the guy who's coaching you, you if you're doing it for your teammates, you're making catches. Yeah. Okay. I've been around some really big name players that did not like our coaching staff that would tell the coaching staff, just don't coach me. I got it. Like there were some venomous relationships I've been around. But on Sundays, they showed up, they played the game, they played hard. Their teammates knew they were playing hard because they did their job, you know. And so even though they weren't the most professional in their job, as far as like managing the relationship with the owner or not the owner the coaches and stuff, they, they did their job on Sunday and that not to be mentioned name player uh, needs to do that. He needs to figure it out. He needs to just stand in front of the jugs machine, do more tennis ball work, whatever, but those balls should have been caught today. 100%. Yeah. And Interestingly, uh, and this is the last thing I'll say on that, not to be mentioned player, uh, he was the only one wearing pure white socks. Everybody else had the blue socks. He had white socks on. And it was interesting because one of my Twitter followers happened to say, oh, you know, he made that great block on Darius Slayton's big 54-yarder. I said, that wasn't him. That was um, uh, Hodgins. I, I said, I said he's wearing, you know, the – he must not be named was wearing was wearing white socks throughout the whole game. The only guy, you know, kind of going to his own uh, the beat of his own drum, which I found kind of interesting. But anyway, since we're on the topic of receivers, I mean, David, 
the Giants are getting it done, very minimal receiving contributions. They didn't take a whole lot of deep shots down the field um, this week. Did that surprise you? Oh, no, but did did you see Tony caught a touchdown today? Okay, but anyways. Um, uh, uh, why are we talking <laughs> about him? <laughs> because we need a receiver and we traded one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he didn't want to be here, so, you know. I, yeah, okay. Um so- <laughs> I'm a little hurt about that one because oh. I really like Tony. Okay. I know. But um, then we were talking receivers, so I had to go there for a second. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm over it. Moving on. Okay. Um, okay. But for me, what I thought was a little interesting with our I, – I love Slayton. I love what Slayton's becoming. I'll be honest with you. You know, he's really – he's a tough guy. He's showing a lot of a lot of dedication to his route running. He, you know, that that long 54-yard run today, he had a shake, shake off a defender, and then you saw some good speed from him. <clears throat> it was, I'm, I'm, I'm liking what Slayton's starting to become. He's never going to be a world beater. That's just mm-hmm. not him. But this guy, I mean, he's really working hard at his craft, and I got to give him some credit for that. I would like them to work Robinson more into the offense. You know, I thought that would be the case. Um, but we did not see Robinson really take form, you know, this week or even the week before the bye week. I didn't think we saw a lot of Robinson, which is disappointing because I thought with the trade of Tony, we were going to see a lot more, you know, Wondell Robinson. And um, I'm hoping that, you know, again, they knew that they were doing this week. They were able to win with the game plan of running the football. And, you know, we'll see some more of Robinson because I think he has some dynamic ability when he's running north-south and not east-west and not south when he's, you know, turning around trying to make something happen. And it's remember, it's not college. <laughs> the pros can run too, boy. So, yeah. You know um, anyways, yeah. so, you know, for me, I was just like, I, like you said, they're not, they're doing it without number one and number two real receivers, you know. They're they're really running uh, with tight ends and big receivers, and they're getting it done because of the effectiveness of the running game and the play action pass and the threat of Barkley, you know, running and stuff. I think this is great football. I think it's a great time with the weather being cold that this kind of football is being played. But that all being said, they do need to figure out a better package with the receivers they do have and make sure that they're you know, they can stretch the field a little bit because, you know, right now if they go up against the Eagles and it becomes a shootout, that's going to be a problem. Yeah, indeed. Now, before we we, uh, move off of the offense real quick, what changes besides that big beef package? I mean, they had, you know, like like you said, three offensive, three extra offensive linemen at one point, but what changes did you, did you take note of, um, I guess from, from the bye week, uh, that they incorporate. I know one thing that jumped out at me was in the beginning, that first drive, they did a nice job of mixing up the tempo. They were going, you know, no huddle for the first couple of plays, then they slowed it down, then they got faster. So they were varying the tempo a little bit. What did you notice as being some of the biggest differences on offense? Well, again, the beef package, what I no- what I noticed more is what they didn't do. Again, you and I are talk on tw- uh, text back and forth sometimes about quit the cutesy plays. We didn't see those today, right? So, they, you know, they really didn't go with them cutesy plays, which I appreciate. They mm-hmm. went with a nice, solid offensive scheme. They worked their tight ends into the scheme, which is something that I know I've talked about on the show before. I want to see them work the tight ends into the, to the offense more, and they did that today. They also, um, what I saw was what they didn't do 
has run the Wildcat today. I didn't mm. see one direct snap to Barkley, which I thought was interesting because with all that extra beef in there, I would have thought they would have thrown, you know, Daniel out at a receiver position and took one guy out of the box and then let the beef go to work with a direct snap to Barkley. So again, this is the first time we've seen that package. I'm sure they're going to build off of it, but there are certain things I didn't see today, which I was kind of like, Hmm, why didn't they do this? Why didn't do they do that? And I, I think it's just a matter of they're building off it for more to come. Um, you know, I think it's hard with the game plan this week to really get into what did that self-scouting week that they did for the bye week really bring to the table because this opponent wasn't one that they were, you know, they didn't have to show a lot. They really could keep it basic and do what they needed to do, and they and it worked for them. So, you know, I think um, coming going forward the next couple weeks with the opponents we have coming in, we'll, we'll see more of what that bye week meant to the self-scouting with what they have and what they're going to do and um, you know how they're going to work the personnel into uh, the coming weeks. Because, again, this offense isn't what it needs to be to be a playoff team right now, mm-hmm. uh, even though they're going to be lined up to look like they'll be on a playoff run, which is exciting. Yeah, fingers crossed that it that, that it continues. They need these this next game against Detroit, and then they got a a stretch, a mean stretch against the NFC East coming up. So, all right, we're going to take a quick break, folks. When we come back, we're going to talk about the pretty good uh, performance by the defense. So, just hang around with us. We'll be right back after this. And now a word from our sponsor, Total Wine. This holiday season, find what you love at Total Wine and more. With so many great bottles to choose from, it's easy to find a new favorite single barrel bourbon or the perfect gifts for everyone on your list with some help from a friendly guide. And all with the confidence of knowing that you found something special for the lowest price possible. Find what you love, love what you find, only at Total Wine and More. Curbside pickup and delivery is available in most areas. Visit TotalWine.com to learn more. Spirits not sold in Virginia and North Carolina. Please drink responsibly. B21. All right, folks, welcome back to the Locked on Giants podcast. I'm Patricia Trena, joined by former NFL uh, scout David Turner. He used to work for the Giants, so he knows a few things about the organization, a little familiarity about the Giants organization. And David, the Giants run defense today. They did a pretty darn good job, all things considering, against Damian Pierce came in as the sixth highest rusher in the league. They held Pierce to 94 yards on 17 carries. He did have a long of 44 yards. Just so happened to occur when Dexter Lawrence was getting a breather, I noticed. (laughs) So, I mean, your thoughts on the run defense, which, you know, has been a problem for this team, actually. It has, and they still gave up forty. They gave up ninety-four yards on seventeen carries today. But you said if you take that one long run, which they do every game, don't know. I mean, it's just it's the way it is. There's a one long run every game, right? Uh, you mm-hmm. take that forty-four out, and they only ran for fifty yards. So you know they did a really nice job there on the run defense. They were their their line fits were better. Their their gap responsibilities were better. Smith had a really good game, I thought, at middle linebacker. Um, for him, he came in. Made I don't know how many tackles he was accredited with, but he blew up some plays. He was coming downhill. It was nice. Lawrence and obviously, you know, Leonard Williams 
really control that front well. Their backup defensive line was controlling the line really well today, too. So, I mean, yeah, they sprung the one run on them, but all in all, I thought it was a very good front, you know, effort. And today, um, you know, Thibodeau is just getting better and better. I, I mean, I don't know what the stat sheet says, but I'm watching this kid, and he's affecting plays every time he's on the field. You know, he's penetrating. He's causing people to not be comfortable in the pocket. Mills was moving all dang day between Lawrence and Thibodeau. They were double-teaming Thibodeau at one point, and that was giving uh, Williams and Lawrence, you know, one-on-ones, which you can't do with those guys because that's just a problem. So, um, you know, I think he's doing a lot of stuff that he's not people aren't talking about yet, but as a scout's watching it, we're like, oh, that kid's affecting the game and in ways in which, you know, it isn't on the stat sheet, but his but his uh, his teammates are eating because of it. You know, he, they're yeah. they're feeding off it. So um, he's really he's just a couple steps away from being unbelievable, I think. And then uh, we got um we got different people back, I think today. So I mean, Leonard Williams looked more healthy today than we we've seen in the past. You know what I mean? Um, you know, I, I really liked him. I mean, he was a strong rush up front today. Him and Lawrence had really strong rushes up front today. Um, you know, I, I was really impressed with them. I liked what, the, again, but this is exactly when we're talking about this defense starting to gel. Remember, we were saying right in here is going to be that sweet spot for it to start gelling. And, you know, Zimenez is back today. We saw, uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Thibodeau Smith, you know, they had really good days. Ward had a really good day. So, again, we could talk about everybody up front. It was just fun to watch that front go. I thought the second half, we got a little conservative, and so they drove the ball a little bit, and they did some things. He wasn't bringing as many in the second half. So um, I don't know why he switched to just a four-man rush because uh, it was – Early on, it was so dominant. They were three and out, three and out, three and out. You know what I mean? It was just that defense was just was just getting after them. So I don't know what Wink saw that or if there was an injury I'm not aware of that I didn't see that caused him to push back uh, and, and not bring as much heat as he did in the beginning. What about the defensive secondary? They were without Xavier McKinney, who unfortunately broke a couple of fingers during the bye week. Um, what did you see from Dane Belton and how did they change if at all without having McKinney back there? Well, Jackson's just having an incredible year. Let's call that what that is. I mean, that, yeah. that young man is having an incredible year. He's playing some really good defense. Um, Love is having another great year. I thought Love had another good game today. Um, so, you know, for me, we're – we're seeing the pressure up front affect the timing with the receivers, which gives help to that secondary. You know, today there was a couple, I thought, miscommunications. I wouldn't call them mental bus. It just looked like they miscommunicated on a couple things back there. When you have new players and positions, maybe they're not used to playing, you know, that happens. Um, but, I mean, they got the turnovers when it counted. You know, they again that first the first uh, quarter and a half, it was three and out, three and out, three and out. Then the seven play drive only ended in a field goal. Then two more punts, and there was halftime. I mean, they had five punts. They forced five punts in the first half and only gave up a field goal. Right. So, I mean, that's that's superb NFL defense when you can take any NFL offense 
make them punt five times in the first half and only give up a field goal. Like, that's superb. It's just unbelievable. Then to end the game, they first they gave up the touchdown, but then they forced a fumble, interception, and then at the end of the game, couple field goals. Right. So, um, you know, again, really good defense by only giving up one touchdown to any NFL team. That's just that's good defense. I, mean, I don't care. <laughs> you guys got to understand it's the NFL. There's still players on the other team getting paid. So <laughs> just to give up one touchdown and uh, force. What uh, five punts, two turnovers? How many sacks did they have today? I want to say they have. I think they four. had four. Yeah, yeah, four sacks today. I mean, that's good defense right there. That really is good defense. So, um, it's a, it's a, it's coming together. It really is coming together well. Okay, same question for, for that I asked you for the offense. What, if anything, did you notice that was different this time around uh, for, for the defense? Early, it was Wink's defense. Like, that first half, we saw blitzes. We saw bringing five and six even. Like, he was just like, let's go. We're going to get to the quarterback, you know? But after halftime, he went to four-man rushes, and I don't know why. Um, you know, I, I really don't know. And that, got, that gave him some space to drive the ball. And that might be a clock management thing. Like, I don't mind if they're driving as long as the clock's going because we got time on our side. Because then when they went into the red zone, they got the turnovers. They they forced field goals. They didn't give up touchdowns. So, again, it's a situation where I think it was um, maybe a little clock management decision in the second half to let them drive a little bit, give up some yards, but don't give up the big play and don't give up touchdowns. You know, make sure we get out of the game with the victory and then and healthy. You know, the defense has been battling enough injuries. Um, and, again, this opponent – to me, the best thing we saw was our run defense get sewn up and shirt up. You know, uh, we saw those fits and and that that front play well together today. I think that like the next five weeks are going to be fun to watch. That mm-hmm. I really, I really, from what I saw today, the improvement in the run fits today, and the rushing combination rushes and the blitzing and things work in tandem, and people seem to be knowing where to go. Like remember we, a couple games ago, we were talking about not understanding like how the guy next to you is going to rush. Cause they didn't play much together. Right. And so there's like, well, I'm not sure spacing is going to work. And then, and they were kind of running into each other a little bit today. We saw really clean blitz lanes. We saw very good run fits. So they're getting used to each other. They're figuring out that spacing which is very key. You got to understand like most NFL quarterbacks get rid of the ball within three seconds. So if I just nudge you a little bit in a rush lane, or I don't take your guy far enough off the line that you need to be on, you know, that, that causes a, a completion or a clean pocket for the quarterback to step into those rush, those rush lanes and run fits are very important things to be effective and de- on defense. And I saw a very, a lot of clean of clean lines and all that today. Yeah, and it's, you know, I know I asked Wink Martindale this past week, or actually I should say last week, what they identified. And he, he, you know, he spoke about how they've been doing well with situational football. Third down, they were once again very good at. Um, let me see if I have the stat for third down here. They I think we were, only gave up three on third down. Yeah, it was three three of ten. Um, and then in the red zone, what did they, they allow? Red zone, uh, the Texans were one of six. Wow. Yeah. 
one of six. That's not too bad. I mean, they did. I think they had a couple of turnovers there and also a couple of mistakes, but still the situational, <clears throat> excuse me, the situational football, uh, the Giants dominated uh, the time of possession, 33 minutes and 20 seconds, the 26-40. And uh, just the defense, you know, even without McKinney, you know, the, the, the passing defense, I think at times there were a couple of, you know, miscues, but nothing major to where you said, oh, my God, you know. So, um, so yeah, they they stepped in and, and, and played really well. I mean, now, with that said, one of the things I know that they did differently is they kind of reshuffled their um, their linebackers a little bit. Like they moved take Crowder to that will spot. Uh, Jalen Smith's been getting more snaps, as has Micah McFadden. That combination seems to be working pretty well. I thought so. I thought Jalen Smith, uh, honestly, is becoming a really impactful player for them. Um, last couple games, he seems very comfortable in his role today. He was excited about his role. Like you watched him play, there was that again. He it seems like he's more comfortable knowing his teammates and knowing what's going on around him and knowing his role. And he was very excited today, and it was fun watching him play football again. I'm a, I'm a big fan of his, you know, and the, his whole story is a special story. So for me, I'm, I'm I'm always rooting for that guy. And so to watch him go out there and have fun with the team and and the guys today, it was just great. I just enjoyed watching that that little aspect of that of the game today. The other thing that you know, for me, I like Debo today. Like like he. They were having penalties and things up uh, in the first half. And I think we ended with five penalties in the game. Mm. Four of them were in the first half and only mm -hmm. one in the second. Um, and he got fiery on these guys. Like he went to the offensive line with that when they jumped that on that uh, one key uh, fourth down and one. Yeah. And he knew he had it dialed up. He had the right play, and that was going to be a you know opportunity for him to drive down the field. And man, he went over there and gave it to him. And <laughs> And then he went back he for more. Like he gave it to him, and then he he walked away, and then he went back for more. <laughs> like he was like, "I'm not done <laughs> chewing your butt. I'm I'm going some more." So yeah, uh, it was fun. It was like you know he it it matters to him. And then honestly, when there are mental mistakes, that kills coaches' game plans. And you know that was a situation where he really wanted to convert that and keep the drive going. And a false start just you know hamstringed him. So. I like seeing that, you know, honestly. He oh, doesn't yeah. do it all the time. He He's not one of those guys that's always chewing and, and yelling at people. But to see it today, you know, it's like, you know, you could tell. He was like, we worked on this in the bye week. We talked about this. Like, you could read his lips. It's like, you know, we went over this. And, and it was like, you're not even – at one point I read his lips. He's like, you weren't even – your block didn't even matter. Why did you even get off the ball? <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. And I was just reading his lips as he was going. And I was like, oh boy, uh, I've been on the other end of that before. Uh, sure. So, but again, I like it because it matters to him. And, you know, he's a guy that it it's fun to see him win too, because, you know, it's an opportunity for him to really prove, uh, prove himself as a head coach. And I know Wink is, is uh, looking to prove himself to maybe become a head coach soon. So, you know, it matters to these guys to win. And, I, and they're vested in it. So that makes it even more fun for me to watch. 
Yeah, it makes it more fun for everybody to watch for sure. All right, we're going to take our final break, everybody. When we come back, we'll wrap it up with a few more thoughts. Stay with us as we recap the Giants' Week 9 win over the Houston Texans. And now a word from our sponsor, Prize Picks. Playing daily fantasy based on player projections has never been easier when you visit prizepicks.com. Pick two to five players, and if they go on to score more or less than their prize picks projections, you win up to 10 times your money on any entry. There's no competing against other people. It's just you versus the projections available. Prize Picks is currently operational in over 30 states and in Canada, and they offer projections on every sport. Entries can be made in as few as 60 seconds, and Prize Picks offers safe and fast withdrawals. So download the Prize Pick app today or go to prizepicks.com to sign up and play daily fantasy sports. First time users can receive a 100% instant deposit match up to $100 with the promo code locked on. So don't forget that promo code is locked on at sign up and that website is prizepicks.com. Hey, Giant fans, thanks for making the Locked On Giants your first listen today. For your second listen, please check out Locked On Sports today. From the games that matter the most to the biggest stories in sports, go beyond the scoreboard and behind the scenes with local experts and insights only Locked On can provide. Locked On Sports Today, available on this app, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Giant fans, welcome back to the Locked On Giants podcast. I am Patricia Trena, joined by David Turner, who's with me. After every game, win or lose, uh, just about every game. <laughs> just um, about every game. When we don't have technical difficulties, I'm we here. We don't have technical difficulties or scheduling conflicts, right? Yeah. And speaking of which, Thanksgiving. <sighs> but you know, we'll we'll figure that one out. We'll figure it out. We'll figure it out. We always do here. So, David, I got to ask you about special teams because I thought special teams of, of the three units today, special teams was just not very good. The punting was inconsistent and this is a problem i've had with with jamie gillen all season long <laughs> you're shaking your head yes here no i'm not i'm not <laughs> shaking my head yes because you i like jamie today he had a rough i game. like him too but listen today he had a rough he, game i had a like rough day today the field all year long he's been able to flip the field for the defense all i said it two shows ago all right, wait a minute. Let me let me finish what I was saying though. But when he has to flip the field, when he's got to go for distance, he's you know he's awesome. He's got that big leg. Mm -hmm. But what he lacks, and this is what drives me nuts, and why I say he was inconsistent, is he doesn't have touch. Like he he did a he tried to pooch a, a kick inside the twenty. It landed at the twenty six. He had another short kick that he tried to to allow for his guys to to pin inside the five. It went into the end zone. And his net yards suffered because of it. And I'm like, he doesn't have touch at this point. And, and that's why I say inconsistent, you know, give him, give him a longer field and he's fine. And it just, for me, it drives me crazy. I know we're going to disagree here, but <laughs> I thought special teams, that was one problem. Um, the punt return, they, they put a Dory Jackson back there, which by the way, I did not like that move. Um, yeah. You know, I, I, I'm still, I still have a shell shock from Jason Seahorn. Uh, years ago, wow, uh, Gary Brightwell yeah. hasn't been able to do much. I mean, to me, just special teams is 
was the weak link today. I thought yeah, it might have been a good opportunity for Tony to go back there and return. No, he's not on our team anymore. Okay, so uh <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. I had to listen to my brother talk about Tony for the Chiefs because he's a Chiefs fan. I got to listen to you now. Oh, yeah, because you know what? It's it's a travesty because, honestly, Tony could have been the punt returner and he could have been something on If offense. he had wanted to be on this team, which I don't think he did. But anyway. It, it doesn't matter. You're the organization. You tell people to play. But anyways, <laughs> my whole thing is, like, I don't like putting starting corners in – key players like that back there doing returns because like you said if, if you lose them on a kick return you're gonna hate yourself i'll never forget when one year we were in training camp and we had a kicker the linebacker coach thought it'd be a good idea to have him come over and practice track tack or stripping drills with the linebackers and one of the linebackers tomahawk chopped his his shoulder so bad it compressed the disc in his back and we had to go get a new kicker um yeah let's just say that never happened again <laughs> <laughs> oh my god but it was just like you know it sounds like a good on the idea, idea on paper we know jackson's done it before but no it's really not the spot he should be they need to they need to figure out another answer in my opinion back there um, that shouldn't be the long-term solution with the remaining games where we got like eight nine games left so He's too key to the defense. If we lose him on defense, it's gonna be it's gonna be a mess. So yeah, for me, I think uh I would definitely be trying to prioritize some other answer for that situation. Yeah. Um and Gillian did not have a touch today. I don't know what the winds were like. And then off coming. I can off tell TV. you, yeah, the, the wind the winds going uh from the press if you're sitting in the press box, if you the wind's going from left to right, uh you're kicking into the winds. So you wanted to be going from right to left on the field, which is why I think that one punt when they, they had a long field goal and they chose not to send Gano out there, which that, that was that sequence with the fourth down and the, and the penalty. Yeah. So, so yeah, the wind was a little rough going, uh, you know, you could see the flags just going crazy. So. And that's what I was going to say. I remember the old stadium, it, it would whip around in almost like a circular fashion. So it would be hard to kick into it sometimes without it getting caught in the wind and, the wind taken, and even if it looked like you were going into a headwind, sometimes mm -hmm. it just swirled and it caught the ball and it would take it. So, kicking in Giant Sam is never easy. It, it just it, the winds out there in that that area really play havoc with the ball. So you know it's it's his home stadium, so he's got to figure it out, right? But mm -hmm. um, same time, it's hard, and I know that uh, today was not his best day. You know mm -hmm. he does have a beautiful driver. He's got a great driver. But he needs to be more consistent, like you're saying, with the uh, the sand wedge, you know, to just get it yeah. to stick out there. So um, that's something that he'll have to work on and, and play with the and play with the winds and maybe take some practices over there in the actual stadium as the winds are up on a day or two, just to just to see how it's because it's going to be different on the practice field versus over at the stadium. Yeah. You know, why is it so, has it been so hard for this team to find a consistent returner? They're not as easy as it sounds. Like, you know, it, it's, I know I always put a premium when I was a scout for, in the league. I always made a premium, like, I would grade a guy up around if he could do punt or kickoff return. 
um, just because that brings an added um, feature to him that would help the team, you know, and uh, if they have that extra skill, they know what to do with the ball in their hands and everything. So right now, I don't think a lot of the players that are on the Giants have done a lot of returning. You know, Robinson, excuse me, um, Robinson should be able to do it. But again, if they're going to have a bigger role with him on the offense, you wouldn't want to jeopardize him as well. You know, you always like, I typically like to find that third string running back, fourth receiver, you know, that can go out there and do it and be consistent and, um, you know, make it happen. But I just don't know if this roster has that on it right now. I know they they thought Richie uh, was going to be that guy, but you know with the three fumbles, uh, yeah. you know he's just not he's not going to be the answer. And, and for the rest of the roster, you know, if it's not James, I don't I don't see an answer on the roster. James and Robinson seem to be the only two, in my opinion, that could do it. Yeah, I mean, I I know. Um, it, it, and speaking to some of the players, they said that they don't really teach it in college. It's just go back there, catch it, and do what you may with it, you know, uh, which I found to be quite interesting that it's not really taught at the college level, whereas at the pro level, you do you have, you know, decisions that you're taught, you know, what to look for, what to do, so on and so forth. So I just found that very interesting. But overall, David, I thought the scheme was a little bit tighter than it needed to be. It was an, one of those, what you would call an ugly win. I, I get it. A win is a win. But coming out of the bye, you know, there was a lot of encouraging stuff. They've got the Lions next week. Now that's a team, that's a game that worries me just a little bit because after that, they got a short week. They go to Dallas and the key there, I think, is going to be not to overlook the Lions. So that being said, what are you anticipating with this team? You know, how much is uh, do you anticipate it's going to change? Because the Lions, you know, even the, despite their record, they're they're not that bad of a team. They put up some points today. Yeah. Um, so they can put up points. That's the thing. This team can put up points. They just they really can't slow anybody down. Um, so. I think personally, watching the game plan today, the first half was the Giants' true game plan. They got to a comfortable lead and then they kind of throttled back because they know they're going to have, like you said, another game and then a short week. So to keep the the pedal on the floor today would have, you know, gassed a lot of their players. Um, and they had a nice rest on them. They didn't need to do everything to win today. So. If you look at the first half of football, I thought that was Giants football. It was really well orchestrated. There was really good, you know, when was the last time we talked about the first drive leading to a touchdown? Like, you know, that usually that usually doesn't happen. This time they came out the first drive in the first half, you know, they got a touchdown. So the first drive in the second half, they got touchdowns. That's that's awesome. That's like if you can see that kind of uh, effectiveness each and every week, you're going to win a whole lot of football games, you know. And on defense, like I said, they they did a fantastic job in the red zone. They forced five punts, uh, a fumble recovery, and, and uh, an interception. So two turnovers there, um, and then the five punts. I mean, the defense played really well. I just don't think it was flashy or gaudy um, like some people wanted it to be. But it also didn't need to be. You went, you get out of there with a win. You get out of there healthy, and now you got two games here. You know, NFC games in a row. 
uh, Lions, and then, like you said, going over to the Cowboys and on a short week. So you got some stuff here, right? Bang, bang, that you need to be ready for. And I think they didn't show too much today because they didn't need to. But I do believe they worked on some stuff that we'll see with the, you know, with the coming weeks and the games that they have coming up that they know are the ones they really, really, really need to win. Yeah. And it's going to be interesting because, you know, if they can win next week, they're in good shape. Then I think they, they would only need to win what another two, three games to really lock up a, play, a postseason berth. And so the postseason is definitely within reach for this team. And, and uh, you know, it's exciting. It's, it's an exciting time uh, to be a giant fan. So we'll see what the week comes, what comes of the week. Giants did get out of this game, believe it or not, knock on wood, totally healthy. There were no known injuries that that popped up during the game. So that was a nice little break. Um, so like I said, it's going to be an interesting week ahead. Um, and, and I'm curious to see how Dable keeps them from looking ahead to Dallas, because I'm sure there's that element of we got to get back at these guys. We almost had them the first time. We got to get them this next time, especially on a national audience on Turkey Day, no less. Yeah, but again, the Lions, you gotta you gotta win the line. You can't look can't forward look forward. Like right. Like I said, the Lions team can put up points. The running backs are legit. I mean, it's a situation where it's a very winnable game. The pressure defense that we're bringing in should be able to get golf fits and you know cause him problems. Their offensive line is not the best. They are good run offensive line. So, you know, again, it was good for our run defense to look better today because we're going to go up against a good run offensive line here. But that being said, the defense that we're about to see is not that good. And if we can match our output today, you know, well, we really are in a good position to win the game. But understand this, we're going to have to put up 27 points to probably beat this team. You know, mm-hmm. they're, they're going to put some points up. Um, this is a team that, you know, I think they scored 31 or something today. So it's a situation where, you just got to respect the offense and be very efficient on on our offense. Um, respect theirs and be efficient on ours, and we should come out of it. But it's not – this isn't a team that's going to lay down now. You know, the coaching staffs know they're fighting for their, their jobs over there at Detroit. So, you know, you got a wounded animal. They're, they're going to do everything they need to do to win the game. Yeah, that for sure. And, you know, Dan Campbell, head coach of the Lions, a former Giant. Former Giant tight end. I actually covered him. Gosh, I've been around a lot. But anyway, David, great stuff as always. I do appreciate you coming on. Always fun to talk about a win, you know, especially all the times we talked about a loss. And it felt like we were doing the same show week after week. It's nice to be able to do different shows. So I want to thank you for coming on. Giant fans, I want to thank you for making us your first listen of the day. Or if watching on YouTube, your first watch of the day, Twitter Tuesdays tomorrow, get your questions in. We'll get them on the program and uh, we'll just keep rocking and rolling here on the Lockdown Giants podcast as we bring you all things New York Giants. For David Turner, I'm Patricia Chena. We'll talk to you again soon, Giant fans.